no guys elon musk did not try to buy us that's why that's not why we weren't here last week um <laughs> and regardless elon musk this would be penny change to buy us just saying so yeah, we're, we're not very expensive not like twitter is we're, we're cheap <laughs> dates we're cheap dates and no, i'm just kidding um sorry i had to go there um but anyway hello guys welcome here to sunday morning tinkle for one more week um hope you all enjoyed your easter we're back um we're of course going to talk about the nfl draft this week we're also going to talk about the expanded season or, or i'm sorry the new additions to the 2022 season and of course we'll wrap things up with tinkle on this but let's start with the rundown i'm gonna let you go since i i believe i took the lead last time Okay. Once um, you can tell, I never would have thought that the Dallas Mavericks would find so much success without Luka Doncic. Um, this team, as a you know, in the late in the past, has relied a lot on Luka Doncic, but this year they they kind of started getting a lot of their um, other rotational players involved, like Jalen Brunson is having a career year. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith's having a career year. Maxi, when he gets hot, he can be a, a force from downtown. Um, and then, you know, Dinwiddie can get production off the bench, and a lot of these other guys can come in and be a great team. Well, the Jazz, you know, they have two great stars, and they make it work for the most part, but... So far, they're down two games to one. They have lost the last, last two games. Um, this might be a little bias of a Dallas Mavericks fan, but I think they should be down three games to none because game one even showed that they really shouldn't have won that game either. But the Mavericks were trying to define their focus with Luka Doncic being down. Um, they were trying everything they could. It kind of hit open shots at all. So... They're up two games to one. On the verge to having Luka Doncic coming back after a um, a calf strain. It's, it's usually like a one to two week injury. So game four is a potential comeback for him. But other than that, they, they look focused and prepared for um, possibly getting into the second round. So it would be nice to see it happening. Because this Mavs team for the last 11 years have been Round one exit after round one exit in a couple of years of missing the playoffs before getting Luka Doncic. It's going to be interesting this offseason because something tells me Donovan Mitchell won't want to be in Utah much longer at this rate. I don't think so either. I saw something that, um, something, I, I don't know how true it is, but I saw something about like the Knicks trying to get involved in like a trade. Like, I mean, it he'd wouldn't go, shock me. He'd go from Jazz West to Jazz East because the Knicks are in the same boat. They can't get past the first round. If he was smart, he would go to a team maybe like Atlanta where they can have a shot, you know, join trading. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, you know, um, just throwing this out there, the Lakers. I mean, that's a possibility. I can see that happening. I can see the Lakers um, being a true possibility. I can see Russell Westbrook going yeah, to the Jazz. The Clippers? For Mitchell. The Clippers? I could. I'm just saying. You know. Uh, the Clippers already have their two aspiring stars. They have Kawhi Leonard and yeah. um, 
the Pacers as well. The Pacers are looking to turn around their franchise. So that's a possibility. But I I could see the thing is is, he's an all-star trapped on a team that just has no ambitions to get past the first round of the playoffs, which sucks. Um, And it wouldn't shock me if uh, Quinn Snyder gets fired after this year. He should be. He should be. There's been multiple years that he's tucked his team to the playoffs. I mean, it's not like it's his first season with the team, too. This is like he's been with a team for at least like I think eight seasons or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, six or eight seasons. I can't remember exact number, you but he's been there for a while, and he just can't get them past the hump yeah. at all. And you can't grade them based on the regular season. Everyone in the regular season, for the most part, has the same schedule on the West. Everyone has the same schedule on the East, um, or everyone in the East has the same schedule. Um, So, I mean, just different dates. So you can't really grade the schedule there as far Mm -hmm. as why they aren't being successful. Why they aren't being successful is because, and again, as much as I hate to say it, you got to point the finger at the coaching staff after so many years of failed attempts. Um, if this was their first or second year, it'd be, okay, they're a young team, you know, give mm-hmm. them a little break. Now it's year three, year four. This is like um, um, the Bengals coach there for the longest mm-hmm. time, um, you know. Oh, bless you. But, yeah, it's like if I can compare this to football, you know, when he was losing games regularly in the playoffs, it became a running joke. And then, of course, um We've seen what happened this year with the Bengals, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that kind of thing where it's just like, you got to get out while you can. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks for Donovan Mitchell, it really does, because say the Dallas Mavericks do beat this team, and say Luka doesn't play in the series at all. If you lose to a Donchish-less Mavs team, that's even more reason. I would want out too. I would want out because apparently we're not good enough to even beat the team without their superstar. What more convincing would you need at that point? Exactly. Uh, to at least fire the coach and not trade Mitchell, oh, yeah. but to at least fire the coach. Because maybe sometimes, maybe this team, all it needs is a coaching change. I mean, look at, I mean, Dallas. Dallas is a true example. I mean, yes, they started off very rough, but look at what they did after the All-Star break. I mean, they really turned it around. So, um, it can be done. I think, you know, a lot of teams, sometimes it's coaching change more than it is a culture change. I'm cautiously hopeful on that. I I just want to say that. I'd be very cautiously hopeful going forward. I'm not saying that Jason Kidd's not a great coach, but I'm saying you're now getting into the tough part of the West. You know, the true mm. tough part, the true grit right there. Right. And All right. Um, I'm going to go in forward. Um, another true all-star is out, set to be out to, for two to three weeks with a grade one hamstring strain, which is kind of a damper to the Suns' plans. How is this going to impact them going forward? Um. If you are truly the best team in the NBA, you do find a way to still win even without your top star. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've they, 
they've done decently well without Devin Booker in the lineup before. I mean, Chris Paul can still go at 35, 36 years old, if I remember correctly. So CP3's looked good so far. Um, but, you know, again, I think right now he really wants to, you know, I mean, the last game he, he went off without Devin Booker. And the thing is, that's the fuel right there that he needs because, again, we mentioned it last year at the NBA Finals that he has the chance to be one of the greats in the league, you know, or he has the chance to be John Stockton, who is a great but never got the ring. And right now there's, to me, that John Stockton comparison for Chris Paul, and he's got to be motivated now to put that aside. I'm I'm really hoping that the the Suns can get onto the next round, but seeing that he's out does not look very promising, especially with a young um, Pelicans team that I think could honestly be a force next year with Zion. I know Zion's been hurt a lot, but even having Ingram and Zion and McCollum next year, I I think this Pelicans team will be better than the A seed. But for right now, honestly, um, they could still be a force in the playoffs with uh, Devin Booker being out. Because usually when it's CP3 out of the lineup, Devin Booker goes out. It's not usually the other way around where CP3 is just going to go off with Devin Booker being out of the lineup. Yes, you know, CP3 can put up over 20 points a game just by himself. But can this team revolve around just CP3 and be able to beat this Pelicans team who has fought hard just to get into the playoffs itself mm-hmm. from, you know, two play-in games and all the other stuff. So I, I think that they can be a true test because we've seen it before, Brian, in the playoffs. We've seen it before that AC beat the one seed. Mm-hmm. If you remember, the Memphis Grizzlies were the number eight seed back in the day and beat the number one seed San Antonio Spurs. So it can be done. Yeah. All right. So going forward, um, Ben Simmons, yes, a name that has been thrown around quite a lot as of late. Is you know, doesn't he wants out of Philadelphia? Wants out of Philadelphia. Gets traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Then pretty much out the whole rest of the year. And now he is set after barring any setbacks, is set to make his his twenty twenty two. 2022 season debut in the playoffs in game four, bearing any setbacks. Wow. Man. Never would have thought that you would have gotten a chance to be able to play. Even though it might be your first and only game that you played the whole entire season. But if it's not, then it'd be nice to see Ben Simmons get a few games under his belt. Because I hate to say it, this Nets team has not been playing all that great, so I would not be shocked if they lose to the Celtics. This Nets team should have their own drama show at this point. Um, Kyrie Irving goes into the crowd and flips off the Boston crowd. Then, um, you know, the con- and it's mostly on Kyrie Irving's part, but now they got his second um, drama queen there in Ben Simmons. So, mm-hmm. so at this point, it might as well just be not keeping up with the Kardashians, but keeping up with the Brooklyn Nuts. Oh, I know. 
Well, the thing is that, like, they just have way too much drama on their hands anyway because Kyrie and KD last game were just mm. atrocious. I mean, they both were under 30% or under 50% field goal percentage. Like, they were, like, a, both of them were, like, at, like, 23 or 30%. Like, this is for the yeah. whole entire night. You got to feel bad for Steve Nash. The last year of his... uh nba career the last few years of his nba career filled with drama in la then on top of it now his first two years of coaching filled with drama in brooklyn it, you gotta wonder if he's the one carrying it over at this point he probably could be i mean i i do feel bad for steve nash because i truly think that if he was to go to any other team and not have those kind of superstars he probably has some success I hate to say it, Brian, it, we're really getting to a time where the super teams are just not working anymore. I hate to say it. Yeah. We're... Um, look at the look at the Lakers. Lakers are a prime example. That didn't work out. Look at the Nets. The Nets barely made the playoffs. They're possibly going to be out to the Celtics. And I give the Celtics a lot of credit. They didn't buy that team. They built that team. Yeah. They built that team. So I give them a lot of credit, especially with them this year. The Celtics are one of the teams to put, you know, clap your hands to because this is a team that was struggling, struggling, struggling. You didn't think they were even going to make playoffs. Then they somehow turned around and got to the number two seed. So I give the Celtics a lot of credit to fight hard and get that one of the top seeds in the East. So other than that, I'm going to let you have your takeaways there. All right. But let me just say real quick before I start, this is exactly why I stopped watching the NBA years ago. I just got sick of all the drama there. You know, it's, you know, compared, right. I mean, college basketball is starting to get bad itself, but, you know, I digress. I mean, it's because players are setting the precedent of other players that are coming into the league that, oh, well, if I don't feel happy, I can just hold out and, you know, not show up and... Until the team does something about it, either releases me or trades me. Like that's that's setting a bad precedent, and it's been like that for years it's to come. Bad, it's a bad precedent across pro sports, and of course that's I where I, I one that really started that precedent was when LeBron James left Cleveland to go to Miami. That's what where it really started. It looking back, it kind of did, but also Le'Veon Bell really to me set the precedent. Um, oh yeah, oh, yeah I agree. okay. LeBron was just the tip of it, but then it really didn't get going until Le'Veon Bell did it, and then KD did it, and then you know it just spiraled from there. And mm -hmm. um, and here's how we're seeing it now in the NFL: Debo Samuel, a year three player, he's entering a contract mm -hmm. year. He has finally requested a trade from the 49ers. He said he wants to play for a team that could give him the long-term deal he deserves as a utility player. Um, and, of <laughs> course, if you've watched his Twitter or his – I think it's his Twitter. He liked a post about a fan saying he should go to the Dallas Cowboys. Now that's oh, I know. One, that too. That is one destination he has not closed off to. Um, there are others that are out there, um, I believe – Detroit Lions was up there. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs seem to always be up there. And again, they have the cap space to work with now without Tyreek Hill. 
So, again, and that's the thing I'm most scared about because they get Debo Samuel. I mean, they could take it. If the Chiefs get Debo Samuel, this could be scary, okay? I mean, they, they yeah. have the chance to really, you know, take a firm grasp of the AFC with that move. And I'm not saying it because <laughs> Debo's better than Tyreek. What I'm saying is Debo gives Andy Reid the chance to be way more creative than he's ever been. Oh, yeah, I know he does. So, um, As far as where he should go, um, I would think a team that would actually truly need a, a wide receiver. And I wouldn't even think that the Chiefs really truly would need the one yes they do need a top receiver so but the thing is is like i just don't know if they could truly afford him because they're really no huh in the long run no that's what i'm saying like i don't think that i i really do truly don't see him going to the chiefs if there's any team that i could probably see him going to i mean cowboys do have the money they really didn't do much in free agency other than you know give a big contract to michael gallup and they really didn't sign a whole lot of talent. So I think they, they have the money. Um, as far as Jimmy G, Jimmy G being in a package deal with Debo, it's already stated yeah. that Trey Lance might be getting the go as a starter. So it wouldn't shock me if Jimmy G is included in that package deal. See, Jimmy G should be because you know what? He's going to be the most expensive backup in the league next year if he stays with the 49ers and, right. and Trey Lance beats him out. And you know what I would see, you know what I could see honestly, which wouldn't shock me. What if, what if Pittsburgh is in that situation? I mean, they kind of do need a receiver and they need a quarterback. And I think that yeah. they have the right places in in mind because they really didn't say that um you know, anybody could be the true starter. They kind of if you look at it, they have a bunch of backups that are fighting for the, the starting spot. But here, if you bring in, hey, say, Jimmy G, and you give him Debo Samuel, then, wow, Pittsburgh somehow becomes, you know, pretty good there. So, but then you look at San Fran, if they do lose Debo and they lose Jimmy G, then Trey Lance, I'm sorry, but... You know, your first true year of being a starter looks pretty rough. <laughs> what I think... Cause you, Oh, sorry. What I was going to say is what I think would be totally insane is if a package deal of Jimmy G and Debo Samuel somehow end up in New Orleans. Because keep in mind, they're starved for a quarterback. This quarterback class is not the best by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, so it would make sense. You send Debo and Jimmy G there for Michael Thomas, a first-rounder. You know, keep in mind, I believe the Saints have an extra pick in this draft, too. If I'm not... Yeah, I would get as many draft picks as you can plus uh, Michael Thomas because who's to say if Michael Thomas will even play again, honestly? I mean, there haven't been any really reports. I would think that he is going to play this season. I haven't seen anything about him not wanting to, so... What would be great is I don't think anybody's really sold on Dennis Allen as a head coach, but you bring in Jimmy Mm -hmm. G... Again, he is injury prone, but you do have Tyreek, or I'm sorry, you have um, Taysom Hill there, and you have well, you were, Debo. He, so you have two gadget players. Winston too. I mean, wait, what? I mean, they have a quarterback in Jameis Winston too. I yeah. mean, I don't know if that could be included in that 
True, but um, I don't know. You could include Jameis Winston in that trade. I believe he's only on a one-year deal. Yeah, so... One or two-year deal. Yeah. He goes to San Fran, and he gets to work with Trey Lance, which would mm -hmm. be an ideal situation, getting a veteran quarterback there. So even include Jameis in that trade and throw in a couple picks from New Orleans, maybe a third-rounder. Um, right. And then maybe um, San Fran gives up a fifth-rounder. I think that would be an ideal trade. I feel like, you know, again, Jimmy G is injury prone, but we've seen what he can do when he's healthy. He's really a good quarterback. And on top mm -hmm. of it, I feel like with his contract, you get a few more years, you know, on top of it. And again, this quarterback class, I can't stress enough, we're going to talk about the draft soon. It's not the strongest draft class. If anything, I think it's going to be more of a Geno Smith, EJ, uh, EJ Manuel type draft class there. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, there's some decent quarterbacks in it, but of course we'll talk about I, that soon. I don't trust them, but anyway, we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, big news out of college basketball. And let me just tell you, the landscape of college basketball is going to change a lot this offseason. Um, Jay Wright has announced his retirement from Villanova in a shocking move. I bet you he waited to announce it because we all knew Coach K was retiring and he didn't want to steal the spotlight from Coach K. Um, but Jay Wright retires from Villanova with two national championships. He also had 642 career wins. Um, and keep in mind, his first six or seven seasons were at Hofstra University. He also, and I got to put a local spotlight on it, was the coach at the University of Rochester years ago. Um, huh. so yeah, um, Big news there, of course. Keep in mind, um, so as far as his replacement goes, um, his replacement is going to be Fordham University's head coach and his former assistant, uh, Kyle Neptune. 37-year-old Kyle Neptune will take the job at Villanova. And we were I talked about how the ACC landscape is going to change without Coach K. Um, you know, Hubert Davis is still there. Jim Beheim is still there, but he's not had the success in the ACC. Um, but now the Big East landscape could really change. I mean, UConn might have just went to the top of the ACC overnight. Right. Um, but I don't want to rule out Kyle Neptune, but Kyle Neptune, his first season at Fordham, and again, I say this all the time about college coaches. You've got to give them five years to get the players in the program that these coaches want to have in the program. Um, so he was not really coaching his team last year. He was coaching whoever Fordham University's coaches team was in 2021-2022 because those were all the former coaches' recruits as opposed to his recruits. And he went 16-16 and 16 Eight and ten in the A ten last year. Um, so again, I don't want to discredit him, but this looks like it's going to be an interesting go. Hmm. Um. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, but Jay Wright retiring—that's huge. Um, and of course, this is big as we enter the Stanley Cup playoffs. Keep in mind those start. I believe I said early May, so we're about a week out 
from the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We know the chances are right now that the Lightning will be playing the um, Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. And boy, did they deal him a big blow on Thursday night. Um, <clears throat> Steven Stamkos, keep in mind, no Braden Point in the lineup. No Braden Point. He's out with an injury right now. And Steven Stamkos lights him up. Sets a franchise record for points. He has 954 points in his tenure with Tampa Bay. And the Lightning route Toronto. I mean, absolutely destroyed them. 8-1 to one the other night ahead of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this is huge. If they can do that without Braden Point, imagine what they're going to do to him when the postseason kicks off. And keep right. in mind, I just want to say this. It's been a few years since Andre Vasilevsky has lost back-to-back -back playoff games, which is even more astonishing as we enter the postseason. I know Toronto or I know um Tampa Bay has had their struggles, but boy, this looks like it's going to be a great start to the postseason. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. Um, it'd be interesting if they can make the the three peat happen because. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody knows that they are currently two, you know they've won back-to-back -back years in the Stanley yeah. Cup Finals. So, um, they're, hopefully they're posed, poised to make a three in a row. Yeah, and keep in mind, I do want to stress this: the last North American three-peat in any sport, you have to go back to the Lakers, back in the early two thousands. Well, not even that. It's more so the... Oh, wait, no, the Pats went three years no, in a row. No, the last North American one, it was confirmed by ESPN, the last North American three-peat was the, oh, yeah, the, was the early uh, 2000s Lakers. Yeah, um, 2000 to 2002, I'm pretty sure is what yeah, I remember. The Shaq teams. Back, yep. when, back when NBA 50 happened... And back when everybody said, oh, well, Shaq is the best player in the NBA Top 50. You know, the crazy thing about Shaq, I mean, I know it's not written down. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Shaq, apparently, I don't know how true it is. Um, just make, um, it, it, It's kind of crazy to think about that. Um, Shaq wants to try to coach the Lakers, but his asking price, and get this, four years, $100 million, he wants to get paid $25 million a year. He says if he gets that contract, he'll leave the boot, he'll leave the TNT booth to go coach the Lakers for the asking mm. price. Don't if you it. think about that, I hate to say it, Shaq, one, you're not coaching material, and two, that's a little too steep, and I hate to say it, no coach would ever kind of get that kind of money over a player. I hate to say it. Nope. And let's add to this, too. Um, th there were rumors about Coach K coming out of retirement to coach the Lakers. I think I saw that. That's not going to happen, okay? Lakers fans have to be truly delusional to believe that. If they were smart, how's about this? You just make LeBron the coach at this point. <laughs> Well, I mean, we haven't seen a player slash coach for years, but come on. 
I, I don't see that happening. I hate to say it. Um, but, yeah, so as far as the Lightning go, though, I think they got a true shot at it, especially when Braden Point comes back. I mean, they've had some injuries this year, but when, they, when they're fully healthy, they definitely look like a team that can three-peat it. And we'll see, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs kick off in a week. Um, you know, man, they're late this year compared to normal because usually we're talking Stanley Cup playoffs at this time and the NBA is just wrapping up their season. I know. But anyway, that's all we've got for this week's rundown. Um Let's talk some NFL draft. Of course, that kicks off this Thursday. Last year, we did a full mock draft. They kind of snuck up on us this year. We just don't have the time to do a full mock draft, especially on an hour-long show. So I figured instead, let's talk about who we think could go first overall and any surprises we might see on Thursday, day one. Hmm. I don't know. I, I really, truly do think that, you know, see quite a good amount of quarterbacks off the board. Um, Saints, I think, will grab one. Steelers will grab one. See, what I... I think, I think the Lions might be one that grabs one. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me. Uh, you know, the Lions do have draft capital. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them wheel and deal in the later rounds. Um, you know, I think they should, honestly, wheel and deal as we get going. But I I got to tell you, I just see Aiden Hutchinson going number one. And if the Lions were smart, they would get a pass rusher themselves. Yeah, that's so, what it shows in the mock draft I've seen. I mean... It, I could see, because I think um, their head coach there is a very defensive guy. I, I it wouldn't shock me that they go defense in the first in, with their with a second pick there. No. Um, Jags. Something tells me that they're gonna mess mm-hmm. up their first overall pick. What if they actually grab Thibodeau and then Hutchinson goes second to the Lions? That that would be something that the Jags would probably yeah. do. Well. What I'm more interested to see is what's going to happen um, quarterback-wise, especially, because the Saints have draft capital. The Steelers do not in the first round. And to be honest, the Steelers aren't enticing in terms of a trade deal. It wouldn't even shock me, because it says the Texans aren't, you know, could go with offensive linemen, it wouldn't even shock me if the Texans actually grab Sam Howell at that third overall pick. I think they've committed to... um, Davis Mills. Yeah, Davis Mills there for next year. I don't think that's a strong choice, but again, what I'm interested to see is who's going to reach. Yes, it does show corner, but it wouldn't shock me if Seahawks shock everybody and actually grab a quarterback in that ninth yeah. overall pick. What what I see is the Steelers going full desperation trying to trade up because I feel like they're going to be afraid of who's at number six because we know for a fact 
that the Panthers are going to be looking at a quarterback. Um, we know the Steelers want Malik Mil- uh, Malik Willis as their QB. So oh, the Steelers? how bad are they going to get to reach up? Um, well, that's going to be the big question. Um, I'm trying to think of what team would possibly be willing to trade. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they trade with the Giants because the Giants do have two picks. And yeah. I don't think they need. So it wouldn't shock me if they make a trade with either the Giants or, or the, I think the Jets because Jets have two picks in the first round and then the Giants have two picks in the first round. So it wouldn't shock me if they trade for the fifth or the or, or the fourth pick. Yeah, the other team they got to watch for is the Falcons. Needs those picks, to be honest. Yeah, they got to watch for the Falcons too. There's two teams in the NFC South there that are going to be buying for, or three teams in the NFC South that'll be vying for quarterbacks. Um, but again, the other thing that's been rumored: the Chiefs trading up. Keep in mind they need a new top receiver, and of course, um, you know they want to bolster that defense too. So I think what we're going to have to watch is the race for Chris Olab, the wide receiver from Ohio State, and then, of course, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas, because those two are the top of the class. And again, I've said for years, you don't trade up to get a wide receiver because it goes to their head. But Mm -hmm. this might be a case where we see that, um, you know, I'm hoping, though, as far as my team goes, I want Jordan Davis, okay, the guy who ran the fastest combine time. Because if we can get a guy that's that quick and can take the pressure off of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, that would be great. And on top of it, we need a guy who's just as fast to catch Patrick Mahomes in the pocket because when he runs out of the pocket, he's dangerous. Right. We need a guy that can enforce it and make him make a bad decision. And I feel like like, Jordan Davis is that guy. Right. Like I was saying to Brian before the show, it wouldn't shock me if the Bills grab either either a corner or a safety. I think safety makes a lot more sense only because I I do think that the Bills are going to go with a cheaper option because Josh Allen's new contract would go into place next season, not this season, next yeah. season. So would Stefan Diggs' new contract. Well, actually, not his new contract. It's going to be a bit before his new contract yeah. goes in place. But just think about it. Like, a lot of these new contracts are going to go into place, and they're not going to have as much money. So it wouldn't shock me if the Bills go with a cheaper option as safety. I think that's what they might go after. As much as I would hate to see Jalen or Jordan Poyer go out go out it wouldn't shock mm. me if it was to get re-signed on like a low re- you know restructured re-signed contract not like a super like he's gonna get like paid like five years 120 million i think it's gonna be like he gets like a two or three year deal and it's like i don't know 10 million a year or something like that like something affordable so again i just or Go, or moving up, which could also be a possibility. I don't know if super high, but somehow moving up to get a, a, a corner. I don't think it's going to be super high up. I mean, but 
I mean, boosting the secondary wouldn't hurt for the Bills. That's that's the big thing. But again, my focus, honestly, the other question is going to be how do the Packers replace? Um, you know, the funny thing is choosing a wide receiver from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. So I, I think they might get smart and actually replace him with their eighth overall pick. Hmm. Well, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I do see Kenny Pickett going to the Saints. I just somehow see that happening. Um, you know, but I will tell you, though, that if my team goes O-line in this draft, and we do need O-line still, but I think right now if Jordan Davis is available at 17, you've got to take him, plain and simple. There's just no option there. And if he's gone... I would play defensive and actually draft Chris Olav at 17 if he's on the board because I feel like the Chiefs are really going to target him because they're not going to win the race for Drake London and they're not going to win the race for Garrett Wilson. But Chris Olav mm -hmm. is a possibility. And then hope that the Packers take Traylon Burks, you know. Then it leaves um, Kansas City with the best of the rest. And to be honest, the Chargers... Yeah, we don't need a wide receiver, really. But to add another one to the foray, it, it wouldn't hurt. You know? On top right. of it, you get a weapon that takes pressure off of Keenan Allen. You know, it erases the inconsistency of Mike Williams. Because Mike Williams, let's face it, he's had a history of being good one game. Iffy the next game. Right. So, those are things I would like to see. Yeah, you don't need that inconsistency factor at all. Um, as far as the Lions, I think, you know, Sam Howell's an option for him. I don't like Sam Howell, but... Yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot of Sam Howell's um, this being one the first one taken, and then Kenny Pickett not even chosen in the first round at all. So... Yeah. But, all right, I think now's a good time to go to break, I'm sure, right? Are we all yeah, that's not... All right, <laughs> let's do it. So when we come back, we'll talk um, schedule, and then we'll talk Tinkle on this. So we'll be back in just a moment here on Sunday Morning Tinkle. Well, the NFL, guys, the NFL is going to take it to the NBA on Christmas Day. <laughs> Um, the NFL announced there will be three primetime games on Christmas Day. The other 11, or I'm sorry, 11 of them will be, or 11 or 12 will be on um, the day before Christmas. And then, of course, they'll have the Thursday night football game. But the NFL Network will cover a Saturday night Christmas Eve game. Um, and again, Sunday they'll have games 1, four, one and 4 on CBS and Fox than Sunday Night Football on NBC. Uh, mm. So, wow, is all I can say. And, Jason, this really, really puts the pressure on the NBA to put on some pretty good games. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, I don't think the NBA has to feel too pressured because they usually have games going on all day on Christmas Day. I mean, they have yeah. one starting at 12, then... Um, like 
two or three, then like five, seven, nine, then like ten o'clock or something like that at night. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been NBA tradition for years that they have multiple games on Christmas Day. So, too much. And they usually are pretty good games to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this year it was Jazz and Mavs on Christmas Day, so that was interesting, of course. You know. The Lakers always play Christmas Day. That's usually, like, yeah. The Lakers playing on Christmas Day is like... Um, it wouldn't shock me Detroit if... Dallas. <laughs> I know the Bills had... Thanksgiving last year. I don't. I wouldn't shock me if they get Christmas Day this year or Christmas Eve. I feel Prime like the, I feel like the Bills and the Chiefs are both going to be playing. Whether whether they play at the same time um, against each other is one thing, but I see both of them somehow playing on Christmas Day. Um, yeah, I do too. I, maybe against each other. That I can see being a possibility. Um, or against the Rams. I'm really highly speculating that the first game of the year is going to be Bills against Rams. It it, it makes so much sense to see Von Miller going back and playing up against his former team. It, it it's set in stone. I I really do think that's going to be yeah. the first game. I think Buffalo. I to my knowledge, at least from when I was have been alive, has not opened thir- like the the very first game of the year. So. I think this is where the trend's gonna gonna change. Uh, you're gonna see Rams because you know it's always a Super Bowl winner on the first game of the year, Thursday night except football. For, that's except for game. NFL 100, that was the only exception. Yeah, where it was Bill, where it was Packers, Packers and Bears. Yep. Um, it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be Rams and Bills. You know, Von Miller's gonna be out there getting his ring and seeing a banner up, but then he's gonna go out there and just have himself a field day against. Rams, I think. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Um, I'm not going to say the Bills are going to be set to win that game, but it's definitely going to be a great one to watch on Thursday Night Football for the first game of the year. So, What I could see is the Rams play Christmas Day. So what I think is going to happen is the Bills. You know what? I wouldn't be shocked to see the Bills and the Chiefs play the Sunday night game on Christmas Day. Because why would yeah, you have yeah. them be the one in the four o'clock game? Um, so I'd see the Bills and the Chiefs playing at night. Maybe the Chargers and the Bengals. I, I don't know if the Chargers and the Bengals play each other this year, but I think the Bengals will play the early game for sure. Yeah, um, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens with it, but I think it's a good sign and it's a good push forward for the for the. NFL, don't be shocked if they start adding more games towards that Christmas Day um, schedule. Yeah, and next year it'll be on the um, next year it'll be on Monday, so it'll probably be a doubleheader Monday night. Um, so actually, the Chargers play the Rams this year, but they don't play the Bengals. They play the Browns out of that division. So maybe the Rams and the Chargers play Christmas Day on the 425 game on Fox or something. They could. And then what I could see happening, um, maybe Tennessee gets the 1 o'clock game. But I, I see them putting on big matchups. Whichever opponent matchup is huge next season, 
I see them putting it on Christmas Day. Because they need... Here's the thing. If they're going to put on games all day Christmas Day, and they're going to commit to that, they have to beat the NBA in terms of this. They're going to see it as we have to beat basketball that day. They would have to. And if they do, maybe it opens the door in two years. Um, Keep in mind, two years from now, we have a leap year. Um, Next year, 2023, Christmas Day is on a Monday. Two years from now, Christmas Day is on a Wednesday. Okay? So now Mm -hmm. this puts the pressure on them because when we cycle around, 2024 is a Wednesday. 2025 is a Thursday game. You know, again, it's going to be vital for them to put on a good show and especially win in the demographic of 18 to 49, which is something you've talked a lot about in terms of wrestling, something I, I stress big time. This is a demographic, I'm sorry, this is high stakes to me. I And again, I'm probably over-dramatizing it, but it's high stakes when you're going against the NBA on Christmas Day. Oh, I know. You, would ha- you see, it is. It's all about, so, you know, who can beat who. Again, I, I want to see it, okay? I want to see Chiefs and Bills on Sunday Night Football on Christmas Day. And the schedule, everybody does come up soon. Um, those, they'll announce yeah, games May 9th, and then the yeah, rest two of weeks the out. season Three should weeks be out. announced by May 12th. But again, um, NFL, if you're watching, make it happen, okay? Please. Yeah, please. Please make it happen. Because it'd be must-watch um, TV. Actually, must I wouldn't watch. doubt. Actually, I wouldn't doubt the Bucks getting one of the games on christmas day i believe the bucks would play the rams this year too so maybe bucks and rams bengals and another team and then it's the nsc so they would probably play each other yeah so actually, potentially anyway so okay okay here we go how's about this then i'm sorry i gotta just get this across okay titans and i think the um bengals play each other this year so put the Titans and the Bengals against each other. Put the Rams and the Bucks because that's probably going to be the NFC Championship with Brady back and the Rams back for the most part. And then on top of it, Sunday Night Football, the cap with the Bills and the Chiefs. I'm sorry, you would win Christmas Day nine times out of ten. I'm just going to say this now. I mean, it kind of seems very odd. Because, like, Tom Brady's like, oh, I know I'm, like, towards the end of my career and not got much left to offer. It's funny he says that now coming back, like, kind of making it out that this is truly going to be my last year and I don't think I have much left to give. So, I I, how I, much, I don't believe How much he has idea. left to give or, or how much his wife will let him give. Yeah, right, exactly. That's the big question. Again, happy wife, happy life. Plain and simple. Um, and if he I'm plays... Sure I'm pretty sure he convinced his wife, like, hey, man, hey... Please, honey, I need to... Giselle, Giselle I, I need to at least play one more year. I, I know I can go out there and still prove it. Yeah. Like, what do you have to prove? You won seven championships. Like, what more do you have to go out there? Exactly. You really want to be the one that goes down and wins yeah. eight championships? Like, really? Yeah. Um, exactly. But let's move... You really want to be on Bill... Bill um, Russell status or something like that. 
Exactly. So unfortunately, you're going to have to wait another week to hear our um, NFL draft recap. Um, but I'll talk about that in a second. Let's get on to Tinkle on this. Um, of course, inside the NBA is a constant riff. Like, it's a constant tinkle on this moment every single time they go on air. This one's no different. Um, so, um, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday night. Charles Barkley and Shaq, of course, we know their history. Um, but Shaq comes out of the back with a super soaker. Basically says, hello, say hello to my little friend. And then proceeds to soak Charles Barkley with the super soaker. Um, man, I'm telling you, I do, I don't miss watching the NBA personally, but stuff like that makes me want to at least watch inside the NBA more. And for that, I'm sorry, Tinkle on this, Charles Barkley. And actually, maybe there was Tinkle in the Super Soaker. I, I'm just throwing a conspiracy out there. <laughs> if uh, look no. yellow, I'm just saying. Uh, it was white, come on now. That would have been insanely cruel. Um, but tinkle on this um, inside the NBA. All right. Well, yes, tinkle. So next week, everybody, here. Sean again. <laughs> yep. Um, I wanted. I was going to do the show by myself. I just want to state this. But because we're in the NBA playoffs. I don't watch the NBA, and I can't stomach finding the time to watch it. Bless you. But yeah, um, because I just won't find the time to watch it. Jason's going to be out of town. Um, I feel it's just best to not do the show next week. So, again, um, just because I'd be by myself, maybe... Maybe we'll do our own draft recaps on social media. I know I keep saying that and then it never happens, but maybe we'll, you know, give our thoughts, you know, when we get the time to do it and just do it on Facebook, Twitter, and all that. Mm -hmm. But again, um, we won't have a show next Sunday. I, again, with the NBA playoffs on, I don't feel with me giving an analysis on it, it would do justice compared to having Jason around to help give the due right. justice that the NBA deserves. Um, and again, surprising to hear that for me, considering I've been a constant bashing of the NBA, but, I know. um, you know, but we want to cover all sports to the best of our abilities. And that's kind of why I think the both of us made that decision to cancel the show next Sunday. Um, but we will be back the following Sunday. We'll, of course, have NBA playoffs to talk about. We'll finally have Stanley Cup playoffs to talk about. Um, right. And then, of course... We should be in the second round of yep. the NBA playoffs and then should be just starting the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yep. And correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, wait. So next Sunday would be May 1st. We'll have May 8th. We'll have more to talk about in terms of schedule rumors, um, of course, because the schedule comes out after um, May 8th, I believe, right? When did they say May 12th is when the schedule oh, comes out? May 9th that the Christmas Day games should be announced, and then May 12th, I think most of the team's mm -hmm. schedule, like the rest of the schedule, yeah. should be out. Because 
the bills, I think May 12th at 8 p.m. So they usually do it on a set date at like a late time for yeah. everybody. And like on NFL Network or something like that. So look out for it May 12th around like 8 p.m. or somewhere around that time that all teams' schedules should yeah. be out. And of course, um, I also should note next time we're back will be Mother's Day. Um, so, man, we get a nice little break again. Um, but we do want to thank you guys for watching. Um, you know, we will be back with out of turn four, no final bell this week. And speaking of that, what's coming up on no final bell this Wednesday? Uh, so with no final bell, it will be a lot of, you know, the same kind of rivalries, you know, Jericho Appreciation Society and Eddie Kingston, probably powerful have been at each other's necks. Um, same thing with the Andrade family office and Hardy's and Sting and Darby have been at each other. So we're getting on the road to double or nothing. So of course you're going to see a lot of the storylines and stuff and rivalries really starting to get into factor and you're going to start seeing a lot of the matches um, starting up. So definitely keep a watch on the road to double or nothing. If you've been watching AEW um, also note, AEW will be coming back to Rochester July 6th, so if you're in the Rochester area and you love AEW, get tickets next Friday to go on sale. <laughs> and this time, no vaccination requirement that I know nope. of. So, um, of course, Blue Cross Arena, if you've followed anything on New York State, there's been a vaccine requirement to go into stadium, or some teams have issued vaccination requirements. Um, there is none. Um, that I know of, and I don't know if it changes now with the cases going up, but... I, I don't think so. Again, I, I, I think you're just going to keep it as I as think, is. I think at this point, we're all at the point of just having to live with it, but... Mm -hmm. um, kind of like the flu. Um, but, yes, I would make that note that, yes, AEW will be back in Rochester, and, you know, I will be there again to watch, to see it the day after my birthday. But other than that, what is out happening on out of turn four for the week well um there's a lot of attention now this is rare a lot of attention on the nascar xfinity race that happened yeah um we're recording saturday so happened yesterday of course a rare thing and earnhardt in the number three at talladega with larry mcreynolds as the crew chief and on top of it this car sat on the pole for Saturday's race. How did they do? We're going to talk about that on Sunday. Boy, or on uh, Tuesday, I mean. And of course, I'm just going to tell you right now, not or having not watched the race because we're recording prior to the race, boy, if that car won, there are going to be a lot of fans crying rigged because, you know, that's Dale Earnhardt's number. Dale Earnhardt's grandson was the one driving the car. So... I just want to stress that. So you want to tune in for that. We're also going to have other highlights from Talladega. We're going to get you set for the Barber Motorsports Park weekend in the NTT IndyCar Series. We're also going to talk Indy 500 testing um, and much more, I think. Um, there's been a few big headlines. Of course, last week's show, we had a lot of big headlines for um, out of turn four with North Wilkesboro reopening, but we'll have more to come. Um, and, of course, we'll be talking 
A lot of racing coming up. Um, Darlington Throwback Weekend is also coming up the following weekend, so a lot to cover. Tune in to Out of Turn 4 um, Tuesdays at 5, YouTube and Facebook, and then tune in to No Final Bell the next day on YouTube at 5 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, we we, we tried to get it at 5. Um, yeah. it's, this five week foot. might be a little, a little tougher than... Um, the most because your boys like working quite a bit Monday, mm-hmm. both days, both jobs, Tuesday, both jobs. So uh, we're going to try our best. Mm-hmm. Darn us, even if we had to literally watch all of it on Sunday and yeah. go from there. So there could be a possibility that no final bell might not happen this week, but we're going to try to. We'll let you guys know. I point to the bottom below Jason because, again, follow us on Tinkle Sports. You'll get the updates if that does change. Again, we want to thank you for watching. We'll see you, well, we'll see you separately Tuesday, Wednesday, but we'll both be back the following, or not next Sunday, but the following Sunday with more mm-hmm. here on Sunday Morning Tinkle. So until then, guys, goodbye, everyone.